The DeFalco Files is an entertainment-based program. Some memories of certain events might be fuzzy. All opinions are that of the host. Content might not be appropriate for children and some adults. Listener discretion is advised. And remember, the truth is here. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels. Hey everybody, Matt Michaels here on DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of FSW, the Future Stars of Wrestling here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. And Joe, you got a special guest on today, a man who is... uh, really you know just kind of risen uh, you know god over the last four years or so to heights that like are unimaginable for some people and i think that royce isaacs you have done such an incredible job at just bettering yourself as a as a professional wrestler and and i use the word professional to the highest standard because you are an example now of what a young guy who's you know just starting out if if i want to look at a role model someone to live up to that potential it would be you man i thank you so much i really appreciate uh uh, the kind words i take a lot of pride in my craft and uh i'm it's it feels nice to be recognized thank you absolutely now, Joe, let's let's go back because you know we've we've never had Royce on. Um, I've interviewed him before, um, but when we talk almost weekly, the one percent almost comes up almost every single week, and I think that says a lot. So, what are your memories of Royce at the beginning? That you know, how did you see him when he first came to your attention? Well, it's funny. Uh, we had a guy, uh, six guns, and he came in from Colorado. And he was friends with, like, uh, Troy McLean, who we had, uh, Cintron. And, and we kind of formed this BFFs-type faction that started off kind of as a comedy gimmick. And the crowd really seemed to get behind him. And because Six Guns, uh, Troy McLean, they were part of uh, WWE developmental way back in the day. And they were buddies with Sean Ricker, Eli Drake, L.A. Knight. And they all didn't really get much of an opportunity. And they used to hang out together. And through the Colorado connection, Royce came in a couple of times. They're like, oh, he'll basically work for free. Why don't you use him? You know, he's got a good look. You know, he's real green, but he's getting there. So, you know, I feel, hey, I'm the guy who likes to polish the, uh, you know, those uncut gems. And, you know, Royce was a guy. He came down and he kind of filled in with with them, but he kind of was doing his own thing. And Jarrell was another guy who – always wanted to come down and I used to joke because he reminded me like 
he had like seven different gimmicks that he worked into the same thing that he was doing. And at one point, the idea was to make him like a, basically a Prince gimmick before we even had Santana Jackson. And I, I've told the story, but when Remy and Jack left to go to China, a whole bunch of our guys went to China and it was all our tag teams. And as these guys were, you know, doing their thing and they, in all honesty, they were, they were low card guys filling spots and roles and, and trying to get there. You know, I remember back in the alley, you know, Royce coming up, Hey, what do you think? And it's like, you know, you got to work on this a little bit and, and, you know, you know the potential's there, but but he hasn't had the experience. He hasn't had the reps. So in those situations, there's a fork. And we see the guys who take the wrong route, and that's most of them. But there's guys who try to get better, and they work hard to get better. And I always joke around, and I love to take credit for the 1% because I did put them together. But they wouldn't have gotten to where they've gotten just because Joe DeFalco put them together. You know, these were two guys that drove, drove separately from California, didn't really know each other. And it was like, hey, I got this idea. You know, we've lost three or four of our tag teams. This is going to be a better opportunity for you guys just to fill some spots. And now they took that upon themselves and then they became friends and they worked out together and they drove together and they put in the work. So I take the credit, but those guys made themselves within a year, probably the best tag team on the West Coast. By the time, you know, they had gotten the belts, beating the Reno scum was a big deal. You know, not many people, especially in FSW, that ever happened. And I was confident with those guys because they continually got better. There was no, hey, you know, we're now on top of this division. It's time to chill. It was like, no, you know, sky's the limit. And actually the most proudest part for me wasn't when they won the FSW titles. It was when I saw they were wrestling SoCal Uncensored, Frankie Kazarian, and I believe Scorpio Sky and beating him at the best of the West show. And it's like the team that I kind of put together has now gone on. And now they are the team to beat on the West coast because of all the hard work that they put in. And of course, listening to everything I told them that they needed to do to get to that level. <laughs> I mean, Royce, when you, uh, when you look back at that uh, early, you know, time at fsw uh what were your initial thoughts when you first came in what you what was it that you thought you would gain by coming to fsw and what at that time did you think of uh Jarrell and what was it like getting kind of put together because you guys obviously were working singles and I don't think you had much tag experience at that time either, right? Um, I, I had tagged a little bit, but um, like none of the teams had really um, stuck, so to say. So like I knew how to do tag team wrestling. I knew 
what was expected there. I just, I never found a, a tag partner that I really like just gelled with. Uh, going to FSW was like a, I mean, I was, I was hitting up Joe for, for months because I really wanted to get on because I knew FSW has had this reputation for a long time as one of the best indies on the West Coast. And it was a place that, it was a long trek, but somewhere that I could realistically get to from Colorado. And uh, so I knew that was one of those next steps that I would have to take uh, to further my wrestling career. So I, I teamed up with Sammy Six Guns and I enjoyed it. Like Sam's still still one of my best friends to this day. And uh, it was a fun time teaming, but he had some other stuff that, like I think he ended up moving to, to Kansas City and he had a deal there. So it was one of those things where we kind of had to split apart and I was a little bit um, like listless. Like I didn't have... I was I was trying to figure out what what the next step was, and that's when Joe came to me with the idea of uh, Jarrell and I teaming up. And um, I don't know. I've always been open to ideas like that. Like if someone has a vision for this kind of stuff, like cool, I'll go all in on it and I'll make it work. And Jarrell, to his credit, um, he he already had his stuff together. Like he was in shape. Uh, he could cut a promo. He moved really well in the ring. I saw all the potential there, and I saw a lot of similarities between us. And so it was like, yeah, I'll, you know, it, I'll give this a try, and let's see how it works. And, and it worked way better than I, I would have ever anticipated, uh, than probably even Joe would have anticipated, because it was just like, um, we, I mean, we became, like, really close friends really quickly and kind of saw – I think we both saw, like, oh, this maybe has some legs. This has some potential – to, to get bigger, to do uh, other things. So we started uh, taking bookings outside of FSW together and really traveling all over the West Coast. And, I mean, it really – I feel like it, it really kicked off fairly quickly. And since then, we've still – our whole thing is continue to improve, continue to tweak little things and get bigger and better and work on new new combos. And, all, like, I don't know, we're, we're always um, – we're never quite satisfied with where we're at. We're always trying to take it to bigger heights. So I think it, it just all worked out. It was the, the right gumbo, you know? Yeah. Uh, Joe, when you look at uh, the matches that they had early on, um, what did you see? Did you see that potential that you set up? Or did you see something that it was, it was going to work, but it was just going to take that time for it to gel. Like, did, did you see that, you know, putting them together was exactly where you saw it going? Well, you know, in my mind, I always, you know, it's 24 seven, like somebody will say something and it'll spark an idea. And off the BFFs, there was always the idea of this 1%, the billionaire boys club. It was kind of like, that we finally got to fruition with class with the billionaire boys club. And that was kind of initial idea that shows you how long ago I had that idea for the billionaire boys club. You know, that was five years ago, maybe. And the 1% stuck because we had talked that maybe more than two guys would be in the group. But then when we went with the tag team, initially my thought what process was Jarrell's the highly athletic probably a little more experienced guy. I thought he would be, he was the better wrestler of the two at the time. Uh, Royce had the amateur background. 
he, he showed a lot of power and strength. So I thought the dynamic of the tag team would be good in that manner. And, you know, as I said, they, they got together and I put numerous tag teams together and, you know, I put Hammerstone and Graves and, you know, what they've done is, is amazing. And I've also put teams together that shit the bed because they didn't embrace the idea. You know, anything could be a good idea, but if you don't want to do it, it's, it's not going to happen, you know? And unfortunately, in those cases, what may look good on paper doesn't necessarily work. So no matter what I did with Royce and Jarrell, if they were two stubborn guys that were like, fuck this, I want to be, I want to be the heavyweight champion. This is a bunch of crap. Then we might not even be speaking with them today, but they embraced it. They saw it as an opportunity. So they went from guys that were just randomly put in a scramble or a throwaway match to what some people perceive. So all of a sudden they're going out there and we're moving and shaking that once they start rolling, you know, they got the Reno scum. They got the rascals. You know, they worked Chris Bay in a tag match. And, you know, when RMB came back from China, they got them too. So they were getting great opportunities. And now all of a sudden they're going along the West Coast and they're getting more opportunities. So now they're going out there. And the only way you're going to get better is by having really good matches and having the opportunity to wrestle people that are at, at a high scale and they quickly proved that they belong there. So putting the belts on them, uh, we had them lose, we had them win them back. And the only issue was toward the end of the run, uh, Royce ended up going to the NWA. And so we had them to work the last match that we actually had a change because they wrestled Tito and Che. And uh, we had the MK turn because we knew Royce was going to be limited. Dave Logano, who runs the NWA, hit me up and, you know, love Royce. But the numbers that it would have cost to bring in Royce is impossible for a school show. So, you know, a lot of other people, companies, they don't look at, well, hey, this is a casino show. So it's cool if you pay him that. Oh, this is the school show. We're going to have 100 people. It's okay if you pay him that. They kind of had a set thing. And then the pandemic hit. So it was like that was, you know, a couple of years. And then I sat and watched after everything came back. And, and in the beginning, Royce, more so than Jarrell, just started, man, it was like Royce is killing it. You know, Jarrell's gotten some opportunities. And I, I personally thought that they had broken up because in the NWA, they put Royce, I believe, with uh, Latimer at one point. And it was, you know, he went to go to Japan and the team filthy thing. So a lot of times Jarrell wasn't around. And then all of a sudden you started seeing a little bit more as, as time came back and, and shows came back. And, you know, I had reached out a while ago and, you know, fortunately I reached out again and they were very, very excited about it. 
and we've made it work. And, and we're excited that September 10th at Survival of the Fittest, uh, Royce and Jarrell will be back, and they're going to be in a four-way tag. And right now we got the Bullet Club, we got Royce and Jarrell, and we got Tito and Che, and we're looking for another super fourth team. You know, it could be Toa and Juicy coming back as the ex-champs. It could be Toa and Khan that could be coming in. So, you know, it could be the bodega with Limelight. Still got to figure out what we're doing with him on that show. So, you know, September 10th is going to be a huge event. And the thing is, it's funny when, when, when the fans, they see Royce and Jarrell for the first time in a long time, they were in the process of really getting over. And they were a team, they were built as heels, but they were so enjoyable to watch that there was a lot of fans that started getting behind them. But the problem was it was kind of like some fans liked them a lot and some fans didn't like them a lot. So the reaction was kind of weird. And then they disappeared. But then when they came back, and our fans are smart in, in, in that they check out other, other promotions and they saw the success that these guys were having and their first match back, there's no doubt that was the – that was probably the best response that they had ever had because they were considered our guys. It's those out-of-town guys that were always a part of it, like with Hammerstone and Royce and Jarrell and Brian Cage and, and, and L.A. Knight became that way, that they embraced them as FSW guys. It didn't matter where they lived. And when they came back, they got a huge welcome back chant and the crowd was excited to see him. And, you know, I got to see what they've done. You know, when they left, they were great. But they were kind of indie great. They were like those those indie guys that you look at and like, man, these guys are really strong. And it was the same way when L.A. Knight left to go to the developmental and came back. You saw as great as he was, it was like, now he's on a different level. These guys are major leaguers. You're dealing with major leaguers. And FSW, over the last couple of years, we've been so lucky with having Hammerstone and having Bay and then bringing Tito back and Che and the evolving of uh, Gregory Sharp and, and a Jacob Austin Young. Like, I don't care what company it is. You put our roster up with anybody. Yeah. We have some of the best tag teams. We have some of the best heavyweights. We have some of the best wrestlers in the United States, bar none. And these aren't guys that, hey, we used them once. You know, we got Ace Austin for the third time on September 10th. So he's becoming pretty much a regular. There are tag champs. They just right. recently defended against a team I know Royce loves, the Suavecito. So, you know. Oh. Let's 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 uh, let's talk really quick about that because I know that you guys have faced the Suavecitos, not at as well. I think you did at FSW in a like a mix. Was it a sure. four way? Yeah, a three way, a triple threat. Yeah, um, but you know, what is it like working those guys who you know are definitely enthusiastic? They have a lot of talent, but you can tell they're still growing. Um, is it? It's something that you found yourself when you look at the teams you guys were going against a few years back, Kazarian and, and Sky, for instance, is it kind of 
that evolution that now you guys are kind of in that spot and these younger guys are learning from you guys by having these matches with you? Um, well, I don't know if I could put myself and myself and Jarrell on the same spot as like an SCU. I think they had a pretty insane run. And I think that's for that's for other people to decide or say one day. I obviously the plan is to take it even further than they did, but um, I do. There is something enjoyable about giving back to the next generation, and the Suavecitos are. There are two people that I love to punch in the face. Uh, they are very punchable. They're very annoying, but it makes uh, my job that much easier and that much more fun when we get to wrestle talent like that so they're very talented they have all the potential in the world i think the world will be theirs uh one day but right now it's our day and it's gonna be our day for quite some time so you know i hope they keep learning from us i hope they uh they ice up after every match because they're gonna be sore but but they uh i think deep down they're very annoying but very good people and i i always enjoy when we get to uh face each other in the ring how how much do, has uh, the influence of uh, New Japan and being able to wrestle in Japan uh, helped you evolve as a professional? I think it's incredibly important and incredibly has been incredibly important to my development. Uh, earlier on in my career, I went and did some tours for DDT, and I got to train in their dojo a bit. And wrestling with high level people that early on, I think, really helped sharpen me as I was going from. Uh, green guy to like I guess a, an indie guy or indie top talent and then now working with New Japan going back over there I think really working with some of the top people in the business um, you know last year on the G1 tour or just recently on the 4th of July tour getting to s share the ring with people like Osprey uh, people like uh, Tanahashi Ishii stuff like that is really uh, imperative for your growth and shows you the next you know level that you're trying to reach and how to get there um so i've been really happy to be able to do that i've been really blessed to be able to do that and that's kind of the goal is to keep keep having matches with people like that keep showing that i belong and hopefully one day then i can look back and be like you know and hopefully the fans are like wow this guy uh he was a guy he did some things and he you know that's new japan for me has always been the goal like i've always been more of a that's Japanese wrestling and New Japan pro wrestling specifically. So um, that's kind of where I want to continue to grow my career. And, you know, that's, that's what I want to do. And, you know, one of the other things that I think that you really have uh, shown is uh, physically your, your growth is great. You know, you look at you now and it's, you were obviously an athlete, right? We know that, but now you look at you and it's like, you know, that's that's a professional wrestler. How I mean, how imperative was that to you, especially because of the pandemic shutdown of everything and, you know, having time to kind of work on yourself? What has it been like for you to develop your body and to treat it as your tool towards your craft? Yeah, I mean, I've always been, I've been lifting since I was 15 years old. So that's 19 years of lifting now. Um, and it's been slowly year by year. Uh, and obviously, as I, when I first got into the business, I was also working a nine to five, and that was taking up a lot of my time, and I couldn't focus quite as much. Uh, the pandemic obviously was really nice, because 
all, even though gyms were closed for a while, it's like all I had to do was really work out and recover from my injuries and whatnot. And, uh, you know, now taking things to an even uh, higher height has been has been great. So I've been I just think it's one of those things where it takes time to build up. And then as I take things more seriously, it's also helped. And uh, it also helps uh, if you shave your head, it's more anabolic. So now I look bigger. So. Joe, that's why Joe has his uh, head. Uh, I'll tell you up, what, man. I saw him. He, he had a post, and it was like the day after he was bald. It was like, did he? Is that a ball cap? But I got to say, it looks good on him. It it, it, it works. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. But but that's that's the whole thing too, in terms of what I mean. Of you know, you look at him, and now Royce, you. Again, if a kid saw you in an airport, they're gonna go, "Oh my God, that dude is is a wrestler, isn't he?" You know, and it's it's just that evolution that you've been doing and growing that is phenomenal to see. Um, Joe, when you think of coming up on September 10th, all right, we know that there isn't the fourth yet, but you got Tito and Shay, and then you've got. Bay and Ace, and you've got Jarrell and Royce. Jeez, man, we, we might have TJP and Akira because Akira's in town. It'll be just a maybe New Japan will buy the match off us to air on uh, Strong or something. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's ridiculous how how much talent that is right there, especially when you're talking. Um, you know, the like like Royce said, a lot of guys have that goal of doing new japan or love that style of wrestling the strong style of wrestling is it just exciting to you to be able to give the fans this opportunity to see these guys in a work in what is going to be an incredible match just because all these guys get it they understand the business they understand what it's like in terms of you know, the behind the curtain stuff, putting a match together, what they have to tell, how to work with each other, all that stuff. These guys are top guys. And it's just incredible that this is going to be a match that fans are going to be able to see, um, you know, and catch it on Fight Plus and, and come down to, uh, is it is it Silverton? Do we know for sure? Uh, it's going to be the Silver Nugget. Silver Nugget. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, how, how excited are you to be able to, you know, have all these guys together in what is going to be probably one of the matches of the year? I'm extremely excited. The, the thing is, when, when I've always put together shows, when I deal with people, I really want to use people that I feel comfortable with, people like, they do good business, they're there for, for the company, even though everybody has their individual goals and what they're looking to do for themselves. And a guy like Tito and Che are two guys that we didn't use as often as we'd like because we're trying to bring in the newer students. We're trying to give them opportunities to bring in Tito and Che to have some random tag match against two of our kids doesn't really help anybody in that situation. So a guy like Tito is one of my favorite people. Royce and Jarrell, you know, I've I've liked a shit ton. So to see those guys having the success is phenomenal. And 
you know, right, wrong, indifferent, I feel like I'm a part of helping them get to where they've gotten to that success. And of course, they've ridden with it and they've gone, you know, to the moon and back. But it's good to see good people. And it's after the fact, you know, the fact of the matter is Royce, Jarrell, Tito, you know, they're going to Japan. You know, they don't have to say, hey, Joe, we appreciate everything you do, but we're not going to work with you in any way on our rate. This is what we're going to do. And I respect the fact, and I've been lucky because they're good people. I've been lucky with Bay. I'm lucky with Hammerstone. I was lucky with Cross. I was lucky with Sefa that I did what I felt was the best that I could do for people, and they appreciated it. So now on the back end, you know, I remember the days Royce would come down for $50 from Colorado just to get on a show. And I'd feel bad. And I would give him 75, which was way more than I'd give people that that were a higher level than him. It was the same thing with Carl Fredericks when he would drive down by himself from Reno. Like, it's a school show. It's 50 bucks. And it's like, here's a little extra for gas because I really appreciate the fact that you're doing it. Even though you're doing it because you feel FSW is a place that's going to help you grow, I feel like, man, these guys for 50 bucks, they're losing their ass to come work for my company and they want to work for my company. And now, Hey, you look at the show that we just had, you know, that budget is, is way higher for a school show. We had Kenny King, you know, the show before we had, we, we, we had Royce and Jarrell, you know, and but those guys are still working within a budget for me. Yeah, I could spend thousands of dollars at a school show and have fun and lose my ass. I'm not in that position anymore. People come out, we have a good crowd, we don't charge 60, 70 bucks, we're not GCW, we're not Ring of Honor who was charging 80 when they came to Vegas. We're running a lot. But me as a professional wrestling fan, I want to see the best matches I can see. And if I got to pay a little extra over what I want to pay for a show to bring in Royce and Jarrell and Chris and Ace Austin and Hammerstone and all these guys, I'm definitely going to do it. And, you know, when they're willing to work with me, it's like, hey, let, let's get some dates. You know, it was out of the blue. The idea was we're going to have Ace on the at the anniversary show. Let's have him back for the uh, casino show. And it's like, you know what? That's like three months without defending our title. I'm like, hey, can you guys make this work? And I thought I was in a good position because with Impact, it's like, oh, well, they got to fly Ace to Vegas. So I only got to worry about one flight. Well, Impact has a rule, which really sucks. And it's kind of bullshit, but it is what it is, that if you take a third party booking, they're not going to fly you home. I have to now fly them from where they're at. The, the company with all the money, oh, wow. and in honesty, Dayton, Ohio is one of the shittiest airport connections in the U.S. So the price is way higher. So Impact would have paid less money to fly Ace Austin from Chicago to Vegas than they would have Chicago to Ohio, but they didn't cover none of it. But I still wanted to have it. I wanted to have the match that we had. 
the Suavecitos now, two shows in a row, they got to wrestle guys that just got back from Japan and guys that just were the Impact World Champions. Yeah. You know, yeah. how's that opportunity for Sky High to be in the ring with these guys? Uh, Royce, uh, one of the uh, things that has been pretty prominent uh, over the last year has been Team Filthy. What are your thoughts about how that came together and how that is working and getting the opportunities? Because, uh, you know, Tom, Tom's had a good reputation for years and uh, you guys kind of just molded together kind of perfectly. Uh, and you even got a little uh, AEW rub. Uh, the AEW and- running. I'm like, is that Royce? What the fuck's going on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh, Filthy Tom, I've been very lucky to work with him. He has a really smart mind for the business. Uh, an absolute legend in the fight game. He had a great career there. Like He's had two amazing careers in two professional sports, which most people can't even do that in one sport. So to be able to kind of learn from him and, uh, you know, pick his brain is great. He's a good dude, too. We talk every day. So I've been very lucky to get another friend there, too. But when it comes to his mind for certain things and certain parts of the showmanship of it, like he was he's the best entrance slash way in guy in UFC history. So to have him on the team and we're coming up with all these ideas, we're doing different uh, entrances and uh, uh, pulling off different crazy kind of uh, um, moves and spots on shows. It's been really cool. He's Tom, I think, is one of the most underrated uh, minds when it comes to professional wrestling today. And I think one day people will really realize it. For, for, for right now, anyways, people are kind of sleeping on it a little bit. Yeah. Well, when he does three for three, he'll be a commentator after. We had him early days back at the original Mecca. Tom was on commentary. There you go. Uh, well, you know, Joe, thinking about that, uh, the you know, the Mecca, um, it's interesting because with, you know, teams, uh, what you have coming up here for um, Survival of the Fittest, you're also kind of giving a Mecca match essentially away there. What does this do now that you start looking at the talent, the talent on regular shows now are becoming the talent that is uh, almost on the same level as Mecca matches. So how for you is that in terms of, you know, are you going to have to step up Mecca and like get even, you know, bigger names? <laughs> Cause well, it's, crazy. well it, it's, it's funny because when I first started the idea of the Mecca, uh, it was because of Ring of Honor, with them being in town. And as I said, the first year we did a show the day after Ring of Honor, it was very poorly received. And we used a few Ring of Honor guys. We had Silas Young. We had Rocky Romero. We had Kenny King, of course, Colby Carino, and maybe another one or two guys. And it just didn't draw well. Uh, Ring of Honor ran their anniversary show and then, which is their pay-per-view, and then the taping, and they packed the place. And we did that show at Silverton, and it was like, wow, that was, this was discouraging. Like, it made me not want to run. And then I had the idea of the Mecca. And uh, I was talking to Brian Cage, and that's how we got Keith Lee. 
we had Davy Richards books uh, through a guy from Oklahoma. Uh, Royce ended up getting to get basically three deed by Bubba Dudley, and he teamed with Rob Conway. But the idea of the Mecca was polar opposite of FSW. Then it became, you know what, FSW is the brand. We need to kind of incorporate the Mecca and make it, because at that time, Wrestle Circus was, was, was killing it. And they'd run one show every six to eight weeks, but it was a big deal. And it was like, our Mecca shows are better than that. And it's like, well, let's use FSW that has all the following. And then we ran against, the again, the day after Ring of Honor. And we used Keith Lee on the show. And then we had all these people. And all of a sudden, we drew really, really well. And and that's where the Mecca continued. Then I decided to incorporate FSW talent. Like, on the very first one, I believe it was called When Stars Collide. It wasn't even called the Mecca yet. And when Davey Richards canceled, we made the three-way. And it was Brian Cage, Sammy Callahan, and Keith Lee. Uh, the tag match was the whirlwind gentleman against Royce and Rob Conway. And when Davey Richards canceled, Bubba was there for ring of honor. So we had him do the seminar and then he did the run in, which we on never announced. So the crowd went crazy for it. The vibe of the Mecca shows were always like that, but as time progressed, it was like, okay, well, is Hammerstone ready for these big kind of matches? You know, he's my champion. We had him work Sammy Callahan, and it was like, he's on the same level. Just people don't know about him. And now we've been able to incorporate when a Chris Bay got to work Phoenix with Douglas James. And Pentagon got to work Matt Seidel, mistake that I made. Cross wanted the match. He was booked elsewhere. I wanted the type of match that I thought Seidel and Pentagon would have and lost out on, on cross because he chose not to work the show. And at that point, because of his knee injuries, Matt was not the same wrestler that you think of when you think of Evan Bourne or when he worked for me in the IWF and he wrestled Apollo Crews in one of the best opening show matches I've ever seen because his style was different. He was doing the third eye gimmick and, and, and things like that. But the bottom line was the talent was there, and then Hammerstone got to work Moose. And now all of a sudden, the FSW guys and Royce and Jarrell, they were the tag champs, and they got to wrestle the Rascals, I believe, was at a Mecca show. And we even had Jungle Boy on that show. And all of a sudden, it's like, wait a second. Just because they're not in the big time doesn't mean they're not ready for the big time. And that was when we learned that that was the pinnacle for the FSW guys. You get on that mecha show, and you're going to get the biggest matches of your life. And now, all of a sudden, it's kind of close. So when you say Ace Austin and Chris Bay, and they defend against the Suavecitos, for example, you know that's a match that is a casino show. Guess what? You just sort at the FSW arena for thirty bucks. You know, twenty bucks for 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 a, a general admission ticket. So, and Tom, we use on numerous occasions. When Tom decided to come back to pro wrestling from the UFC, we we helped train him, and we got him in the mix. And I was babying Tom Lawler, working you know some of the younger kids, 
And then all of a sudden, I remember he hits me up. He's like, yeah, I got some booking next weekend. I'm like, oh, yeah, where are you going? Oh, I'm going up northwest. I got Kyle O'Reilly on Saturday, and I got Bobby Fish on Sunday. And I'm like, and I'm having him work like Brandon G or something, you know? It's like, wow, they're throwing him in the deep end quick. And it was like, well, I think we're going to lose Tom now after this. And, you know, he skyrocketed into the business. And then, you know, because of his background, he was an easy pick for New Japan. Right. And then MLW, he got huge success. Right. Um, Royce, when you look uh, at the decision on getting the opportunity to come back, what are some of the reasons that you wanted to come back to FSW? Well, I always really enjoyed my time at FSW. I think it was always, to me at least in my mind, there always was going to be another chapter with FSW. I didn't think, I thought, uh, obviously I really enjoyed our first run and we had a lot of success there, but it did feel like it was a little bit of like, it was abrupt uh, when NWA kind of took uh, took me away from teaming with Jarrell and had a little more control over uh, my bookings and my career. So to me, it was always just a matter of finding the right time where uh, it was a, a deal that worked out for me and Jarrell and a deal that worked out for Joe. So um, I think, you know, it all worked out the way it was supposed to and at the, the right time that it was supposed to. So it kind of made things that much sweeter that there was a little bit of an extra weight and that Jarrell and I had been tagging for a little bit uh, before it happened. So I don't know. I think everything worked out the way it was supposed to. I'm, to me, it was a no-brainer to come back. It was just a matter of finding the right time where it worked for everyone. Um, is there is there a dream match right now of uh, you know a tag team that you guys have possibly worked before or not worked yet uh, in which uh, maybe Mr. DeFalco could consider uh, possibly making that match happen for you? Well, I mean, obviously being in the ring with uh, uh, ABC on uh, September 10th will be great, but I think I would love to do that. Uh, just two on two at some point as well would definitely be up there for me. Um, as far as other tag teams, uh, I don't, I don't know if Gorillas of Destiny will ever team together again. I hope they do because that's always been a dream match of mine. Um, but obviously, I know they're both doing G one solo right now, so I, I don't know what the future holds for them. Um, but yeah, I think those would probably be two that would be definitely up there. Uh, as far as far as that goes, do you take that into consideration, Joe? Of uh, you know, a, a team like that, where you know they've been with you, they've been loyal. If they make a suggestion or say, "Hey, we've never wrestled these guys; these guys are going to be out here. Can we make this happen?" Is that something that you look into doing? Oh, a thousand percent. You know, the, the, there's not even not even a question when. You know, generally early in the careers, I'm going to make the recommendations. But once people become really comfortable with me and it takes a while, you know, but once they see that I have a lot of confidence in them, I think it opens up. It opens up the communication, you know, with Jarrell, I, 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 I kind of always had that from the beginning. You know, when I was pitching him being the Prince character, 
you know, because I thought he was a cross between Prince and Sugar Brown the first time I saw him. It was like he's doing like he's doing the boxing thing. He's doing like the Prince thing. He's doing this thing. And it was like, okay, calm down, you know, slow it down a little bit, you know, and he was finding himself. And that's what happens in the business. And I think a wrestler appreciates somebody who tries to at least help them find themselves. Because in a lot of cases, I guarantee you, Royce can tell you, when you work for a lot of independent promotions, you're just going to go in, hey, this is my rate. Oh, okay, we're going to book you. Okay, we'll let you know when we're booking you again. Like, once people start becoming into, I guess you could say, my inner circle, now all of a sudden the conversations change. And sometimes it's recommendations of something else. Where Chris Bay was like, hey, what about the Suavecitos? And Royce was like, hey, what about the Suavecitos? And we're talking about natural born killers. The reason why Royce wrestled Brett the Threat was because Royce approached me about working Brett the Threat. And at that time, you know, I had a couple of matches set. And it was like, sure, why not? It's the same thing when it comes across where we have two different ideas of how something should go in a match. Well, I always say, if your idea is going to get to the same place that my idea is and where I need to be, I'm going to go with your idea because you're going to work harder to show everybody that your idea was the right choice. Not saying that you're not going to do the job that I did, but it's going to give you more confidence because, hey, you know what? You know, we respect Joe and Joe's allow is giving us the respect to kind of put this stuff together. You know, when they had the triple threat match, it was supposed to be a four way, but Fresco had gotten hurt. And I was approached, I believe by Royce, about turning it into a tornado uh, tornado tag. And I'm like, okay, if you guys think you could make the better match out of it as a, as a tornado tag, uh, I'm all for it. And I remember I saw Chris this past week. He goes, yeah, I wasn't real happy with the referee in that match. And I'm like, oh, why? What was up? Well, you know, a lot of people were in there and the ref wasn't counting. I'm like, well, it was a tornado tag match. He's like, oh, okay, forget it then. Because, you know, and we announced it and we tried to make sure everybody knew what it was. Yeah. But, again, it, it made for the story. It was like, hey, this is what I'm trying to get across in the story. Just get across what I need to in the story and do your thing. I have enough confidence in Royce and Jarrell that the Suavecitos, they still got, they're still young. Sky High has been around a bit, but they're still young, and they haven't gotten to that level. So now, you know, Royce and Jarrell, they're the vets now. They're the ones who are coming in because now they're getting the respect from the other teams. I'll be honest with you. When they first came in and, and Joe got a liking to him, there were other teams that were jealous or let's just say like, Hey, what about us? You know, Joe's flavor of the month. And it's like, these guys are putting in the work. They're doing the thing. I think I have a good enough track record. If I see somebody or I put, I, I don't book somebody in strong positions if they're not ready just because I like them. Right. I put them in the strong positions because they're deserving 
and they earned my trust. And for the guys who've gotten it, they know how hard it is to get my trust. It's the people on the outside because they haven't gotten it, think it's just a simple thing of, oh, well, Joe doesn't like me. And now was the Suavecito's problem early. Oh, Joe doesn't like me. No, motherfucker, do what you're supposed to do. I need you to do your job in the match. When you do your job, you get things. Obviously, they've had good success, the Suavecitos. When Royce and Jarrell and Chris Bay are inquiring about working them of our all our tag teams, there's a reason. It's because they see something in them that they feel they can bring the best out of them, but they also feel as younger wrestlers that they can help them get to another level. And it, it's crazy as as doggy dog and how everybody's fighting for a spot and to be the top guy, you got to beat everybody down yet. The top guys are the ones who seem to be the easiest and most comfortable at helping and try to grow other wrestlers. Yeah. Um, Royce, uh, since this is airing here on uh, Friday, uh, you know, we, we talked about September 10th, but um, in the meantime, uh, do you have uh, places where people can uh, catch you uh, over the next month? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, August is a little bit uh, uh, lighter for me. I had a few cancellations, but that is what it is. But I'll be back at Epic Pro uh, on the 19th in L.A. and uh, doing a singles there. And then I guess Jordan Cruz, who's a really talented kid. And then uh, the 26th, I'm excited for uh, making my relentless debut. They're in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, I cannot give away what the match is, but it's going to be a really it'll be a, a really good match. So if you're in the Pacific Northwest, I definitely recommend checking that out. Um, another thing I really wanted to um, say, uh, just based off of the last comments, one thing I give Joe a lot of credit for is um, he doesn't just go with like, like anyone can be one of his guys if they work really hard and they care about their craft. It's not just who's around. Uh, I think a lot of places fall into, well, this guy trained at our school or this guy's local, so he's our guy. I think you become a DeFalco guy. You become one of Joe's guys if you put in work and you care about what you do and you take a lot of pride in your craft. And I think that's a really important thing. And one of the reasons I like FSW and that FSW has grown the way that it has is because he looks at, uh, he cares about your body of work and um, what you're willing to put in, not just, okay, well, you're from here or you're from our school or you're just available. He really does care about your input will also be conversely what you get out of it. And I think a lot of places don't see things that way. So I want to give Joe his props there. I, I like props. Yeah, that's, there, there's few, there's few and far between sometimes. So that's that's a very good compliment, and I think it's very reflective too, Royce, of um, you know the difference between just an independent wrestling company running, and you know, so many small towns, and you know, even in, in LA to some extent. Um, you know, I I remember just companies that don't make it because you're in Riverside and you just got, you know, these five guys who are basically what you keep running through as compared to you look at the, the companies that really take it seriously 
and really, you know, produce, um, you know, good matches, it seems to be that that's the difference. The difference is an owner who cares and an owner who wants to see you succeed as opposed to just taking in whatever they can take in on the gate and that's that so i'm gonna i'm gonna go i'm gonna go back to what royce said earlier that he had been contacting and trying to get on fsw for a long time and the reason why and i've said it from day one that i which sometimes really pisses me off that i get so much more respect from the out-of-state guys where a guy like Brian Cage, the Reno, I'm known in NorCal as a great promoter because the Reno scum did nothing but scream about how great it was to work for FSW. And those guys used to drive from Reno for 50 bucks too back in the day. But they got the matches, they got the increases in pay, and they respected everything that I had done. While a lot of the local guys, because they're local and because they trained with us, they just believe that things should be given to them. And, a, and, and in a lot of situations, it is because they are given an opportunity over Che and Tito. And it's like trying to tell like the Suavecito to the guys. It's like, shut the fuck up, motherfuckers. It's like Che and Tito are a thousand times better than you. But the only reason you're on the show is because it's a small school show. And we're trying to grow you to experience to maybe one day you can get to their level. But you guys expect it, and that's the problem. And sometimes when they get on the show, they're content, and that's why there's not improvement. That's why they go down the card and out of the card. Because I have a lot of guys like Royce, and if nobody goes to bat for Royce, it's probably been a difficult process to get Royce on. But when Royce has guys that we use, and they're vouching for him, that means more than anybody's email with their highlight reels. Right. You know, the reason I got Tito was because of Ray Rosas and Willie Mack. The reason I got Che Cabrera was because of Tito. The reason why I got Royce was because of Six Guns and that whole crew. And the reason why I got Hammerstone or Class or the Arizona guys was because somebody else said, hey, this guy's good. Give him a shot. Jordan Cruz, he got put over by people. We put him in a situation, he wrestled class, now they're together. At Devin Reno, he comes up the ranks, Blair Brody, Koa, they come down without anything booked, anything set. They come down, do you need anything, sir? I'm here to help. Got no match for you. That's okay, we came by the next show. And then when something opens up, it's like, wow, these guys are here to help more than my own students. And now you got Hammerstone vouching for you and Graves. Of course I'm going to give you a shot. You know, if Royce comes to me and say, hey, there's this dude out of Cali, trains over at Santino's. Usually that speaks for itself if they trained at Santino's. But I'm going to listen to them. And that's how guys are going to get their opportunities. And... All you got to do is work hard. All you got to do is put put in the work. It's like I said when anybody was trying to run against me. Good luck because you're not going to outwork me. So I'm not concerned. You want to run a show at 8 o'clock against me? Let's go. I, I know I have the talent. I know I have the crew behind me 
that's going to get the job done. And, you know, in these situations, it's like as as Royce and Jarrell and Tito and Che and all these guys have grown, so is FSW. We may run Vegas, but that isn't enough. We're going on Fight Plus. What are we going to do to get viewers? Well, we got almost 2,500 people watching an FSW GCW show. And our guys went toe-to-toe and showed that we are just as good or better wrestlers. I'll say we're better wrestlers. I'll say we, our talent is way better. They have way better fan base in terms of numbers because they've traveled all over the United States and they found a niche and they are fantastic. And that's why I love working with, with Brett and GCW because people are going to check us out because they're checking them out. Right. And we know when they watch a match, you know, many people were talking about GCW because uh, Vandergriff, Damian Drake and Bodie are working a six man at the GCW show in, in California. And many people, including myself, thought those three guys against Gringo Loco, uh, Jack Cartwheel, and uh, Adam, Alec, Alec Price was the yeah. best match we had this year. But now I go down there and I saw people putting on, oh, I'm looking forward to the match. You know, that was the best match I saw this year. It was at FSW GCW. So now all of a sudden, people now care about 16-year-old Bodie. People were starting to know about it, but now he's getting the love at GCW. And now it's going to help him get other bookings. And we know we can hang with anybody. We can hang with AEW, Ring of Honor. We we can hang with all those guys. Our talent is there. We're the only company that generally has talent from every organization in the world. Right. And have access to it at all times. So, you know, the sky's the limit. So being able to bring back the guys who, when they started with us, nobody knew who they were. You know, their families knew, and some of the local promotions knew. But now we have we have 10 guys that are on a national basis. Right. That are now seen. You'll see at least two or three of them on every FSW show moving forward. So, you know, you're yeah. damn right. I'm excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it sounds like Royce's dog's those, getting excited. Royce's dog. He's, he's really excited. Gimlet, come on. What are you doing? I Royce? revved up his dog. His dog's it's excited. True. He was chilling. Now he's, he's all hypey. Well, you know what? We've we've kept you for for about an hour here. Let's uh, let's uh, wrap it up uh, so he can get a little attention. Um, yeah, I got to take him on another walk or something. Tire him <laughs> out a little bit. He's like, "You better hurry up, or I'm gonna crap in the house." Seriously. Boys, <laughs> uh, yeah. we appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Uh, any final words for the uh, the fans? You know, uh, just keep supporting. We're gonna keep doing our, our thing. Me and Jarrell. And September 10th, anything less than, uh, you know, we're, we're coming for the titles. We want that third reign. We think that's going to be even sweeter. So that's that's what our, our goal is. That's what our mindset's on. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a big show. So, you know, you're going to get an all-time uh, performance from us. There you go. Uh, Joe, I think that, uh, you know, 
it's looking uh, looking good uh, for September 10th. Uh, that's not bad for you know still having one more team to announce and being one of the first you know matches set for that card. Uh, it's going to be an exciting show. So definitely, everyone uh, when tickets go on sale, uh, start getting those tickets because I think front row will go pretty quick. Yeah, that. Casino shows, you better get them. Yep. So, all right, everyone, thank you for tuning in, and until next week, we'll see you guys next time.